Just a quick word of warning before we get going that the following podcast will almost certainly contain spoilers. It will also contain strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Welcome to a Christmas Eve bonus ode of Strong Language of Violence. What? Yes, taking you up to Santa coming. Hello there, I am Mitch Bain. As ever, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional dude of musical things. And I am your festive little elf, Andy Stewart. How the devil are you, my friend? I'm pretty good, I'm pretty good. How are you? Not bad at all. Now, we did say that we were done until 2020, but we did think that just because it's the end of the year and we've had a really good year this year, we have. That we would take a little bit of time to talk about some of our favourite episodes from 2020. Yes, we're taking a retrospective look back, way, way back to January. See, there was a reason why we asked you to name your favourite episodes. We were looking for a little bit of inspiration. We were thinking about this ourselves. I wasn't. I was looking to see which episodes that I liked. The listeners also liked. Yeah, they agreed with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear yeah, that. I, hear yeah, that. I was just looking for consensus. So what we have done is we have assembled in no particular order. Mine's an, an order. <laughs> Mine's an order too, but it's, <laughs> it's not an order of preference, put it that way. But we've both put together our list of our five favourite episodes for the year. And I would say there's probably going to be a reasonable amount of overlap here. So how do you want to work this? Uh, one each? Yeah, maybe we And if there's overlap, we can address that as we get there. Okay, uh, now I'll tell you right now, mine is just in date order. Mine are in order that they were released. Okay, that's fine. In that case, let's go with you first. You take the first one. Okay, uh, my first one, one of my top five episodes of the year, going way, way, way back to pretty early in the year, probably January, February time, mm-hmm. Joey Keogh, Queen of the Dam. Loved it. This is on my list as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I loved this episode. Um, I hadn't seen Queen of the Dam before we went into it. It was one of those things that I'd always been curious about. It was a perfect opportunity to watch it. Joey was the ideal guest in the sense that she was both very knowledgeable about the film, obviously really loved the film, but was also very aware of its shortcomings, was ready to laugh at it a little bit, was also funnier than us. Kind of felt like we had very little that we really needed to do. We pretty much just lined things up and she just kept knocking them out of the park. Yeah, she ran with it and she was brilliant. I mean, we discussed vampire economics. Mm Mm-hmm. Do vampires have their own style? Do they go and buy clothes? Do they have money? Yeah. I mean... Like, do they have their own society? And how does it work, economically speaking? <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, if you remember, Mitch, this was also the episode that brought us the now famous and ubiquitous, it's very sexy. Mm-hmm. It's also very sexy. <laughs> well, when she cuts her tit so he can suck on it, that's yeah, pretty sexy too. That, that is very sexy. And and he, sees, he sees the blood and he's like, oh my God, that's blood. <laughs> I'm glad that we're arriving at some consensus about the sexiness, though. Yeah. Yeah, I love that one. And it was lovely to actually have met Joey this year at the uh, premiere of The Perished at Friday. Oh, yeah, you sat beside Joey at the premiere yeah. of The Perished. It was year. really cool. It was really fun. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to go with one of mine. And uh, it was one, it was a guy that we've been trying to get for a little while. 
Right. And uh, we eventually did. And it was an interesting one because I'm a fan of his as an actor. Things like Contracted Phase 2. Right. Things like Modern Family. Right, okay, I know who you've got here. Morgan Peter Brown joined us, kind of middle of the year kind of time, I believe. Talking Elm Street 4 with us. Yeah, and, and this one definitely was a long time gestating. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had a few goes and just kind of scheduling things meant we couldn't necessarily make it work a couple of times. So it was a real thrill to get him on and for him to be so fun. And again, just kind of totally got into the spirit of it right away. Had obviously kind of an understanding of what we were doing. Was ready to have a laugh about the film. Particularly, I think, when we were talking about the Kung Fu. <laughs> of course, yes. I loved I loved uh, uh, Rick's karate gi and like converse combination that he was sporting. It was a good one. You want to be the best you that you can be in your dreams, Morgan. For sure, you know, <laughs> and and it's it's basically like sure. And, and we started with Roadhouse, where Patrick Swayze's wearing je- like pleated jeans and a karate top, and like Nightmare on Elm Street Four says, no, 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 we can go a little further, and they went full karate outfit, but wearing like the converse sneakers. Yep, strong, strong, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Rick, his, uh, his big karate victory not to be. Do you know, I think all of this, it looks so silly that he's fighting nothing. Um, and I think they've done that because it's much, much easier than actually getting a fight choreographer in to choreograph a fight. It's so true. Yeah, it, there there is, um, it, it might be its budget showing itself a little bit, even though that this was huge for a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Mm-hmm. And and what like twelve thirteen million is a lot of money for a for a movie budget in nineteen eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may have been just for yeah. This is going to save us so much time if he's if he's literally just fighting air. <laughs> yeah, because there's no real reason for him to be fighting air. And it's sort of fast. It, it, again, Rick is doing a lot of the heavy lifting in this movie for character, and his death is only okay. Yeah. It's not great preposterous stuff nonsense great time great time <laughs> so, genuinely absolutely one of my favorites so yeah uh okay uh, the next one from me uh we're going back to our first ever listener's choice episode oh uh, this was on my list too it's on your list too <laughs> excellent uh when billy kirkwood rejoined us to discuss how about the duck this was a really perfect convergence of elements. I feel like we landed on our feet with this because we reached out to Billy initially to say, we're going to try to do something a little bit different. We're going to get the listeners to pick a film and then we're going to talk about it. Are you in? Because obviously Billy was our first ever guest way back in episode two, Buckaroo Banzai. Yeah. And uh, he'd obviously, he'd been listening to the show since then, which was cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a lot, of, a lot of guests do that, which, which was really lovely. Really nice. Yeah. But he was very up for it, very ready to try something new. And as it turned out, the listener choice, which I believe was a choice of Lauren McIntyre. It was indeed. Thank Death. you, Lauren. Uh, we settled on Howard the Duck, and as it turned out, it was a film that was very close to Billy's heart for a couple of reasons. <laughs> and uh, we had a great time talking about this. And needless to say, things did get a little bit blue. Yes, they did, uh, particularly as it pertained to duck sex. I think, by the way, heads. if they hadn't been interrupted, they would have banged because it was just the two of them. Who's going to know? Yeah. I would have... <laughs> <laughs> We've all touched our best friend's duck in our time. Like... <laughs> We've all touched our best friend's duck. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Well, what's happened in the shadows, no one idea. Uh, I mean, I've had I've had some sexual encounters in my time that I've never told anyone about. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> never <laughs> fucked a duck. Moving swiftly on. I think we should. I think we should. Um, That's uh, a very different podcast. Yeah. Um, that, if you recall, led to an extended and prolonged Twitter discussion for a long fucking time. About, about corkscrew duck penises. <laughs> and the mechanics of duck fucking. Like, even down to whether or not it was right and acceptable for an anthropomorphized duck to fuck a normal duck. 
<laughs> it was a great time. I am very much looking forward to hopefully welcoming Billy back onto the show in 2020. That's absolutely going to happen this year. Nailed on. Absolutely going to happen this year. Another thing we did discuss on that was uh, what would happen to a human woman if she got into a truck with a man who had just recently absorbed all the energy from an opened radioactive core. But, uh, yeah, they also go to a nuclear power station um, where he sucks up one million kilowatts of energy. Um, now, if you go on IMDb and look at the goofs, the very first goof on there is something to the effect of way too much misunderstanding of nuclear reactors to mention. Because he literally walks into a nuclear reactor. and uh, Oh, that's right, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He likes... uh, don't do that at home, kids. No, 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 definitely don't. And then definitely don't get back in a car with a human woman uh, who is not impervious to the powers of radio. She basically should have melted off her bones. Well, I, I mean, I, you'd think she would be instantly sterilised which is probably for the best actually given that she might have a proclivity for uh, interspecies sex (laughs) who knows what kind of hideous chimera could be spawned from that it's gonna happen we can only hope she she hooks up with Timsy I think the science and our theory about this kind of hangs together I think so have you seen Chernobyl (laughs) (laughs) fucking hell okay whose turn is it mine your turn Okay, so another big favourite of mine this year, another one that we've been kind of talking about having him on for a long time, and we eventually did it, and it was a really, really good time, a really, really fun one. Paddy Murphy, <laughs> the director of The Perished. The director of The Perished, yeah. Joined yeah, us. He'd been fucking nipping my head for ages to come on to the show. Yeah, he, and you know what? We've been talking about it for long enough, and he'd been kind of nudging us for long enough. And when we, when we finally kind of settled on when we were going to do it, I was like, Paddy, you better be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you better be funny a little. But no, Paddy didn't let us down. He picked uh, Jason Goes to Hell, which uh, was obviously a film that was very close to his heart. He could talk about it uh, in a very kind of well-educated way and still be able to have a laugh about it. Of course, the breakout star of that podcast was not me. It was not you. It was not Paddy. It was Creighton Duke. Of course. but this is what i mean when i saw this after seeing one i was like this dude must be like this franchise's loomis like he must be like jason's arch nemesis (laughs) it's like right from the get-go he lets on like he knows everything about uh, i i I love stephen williams in this movie man i'm sorry (laughs) it's like yeah we we can get to i think it's so funny don't we just it just seems like he is like the wikipedia page for jason voorhees it's just been parachuted in in character form i really like i mean uh, I like I like the character of Creighton Duke as well. Apparently, Adam Marcus sees real kind of franchise potential in him because he's wanted to do a spin-off for years. I'd I'd, I'd watch that. <laughs> I I would actually. I'm sorry, but I would also watch, uh, especially if it was like a ten part Netflix series about Creighton Duke on there. Yes, <laughs> that is 100 percent the correct platform for a Creighton Duke spin-off. Where he just hunts down other kind of movie monsters like Pinhead. Oh and... my god! Yes. But they can't get licensing for them, so they're all like beam, like knockoffs, Nail like Scary Terry. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy <Screen> Sleep Knives. <laughs> yeah, I, I've actually written a treatment for that now, and it's here on my desk. I'm going to drop it, drop Fantastic. it into, to Netflix ASAP. Yep, yep, yep. It's got to happen. <laughs> that man loves fingers. He sure does. <laughs> So, early this year, mm-hmm. we did a live show. At McFab's. At McFab's. Yeah. Um, this one's weird for me. I I, I mean, I, I would never for a minute call what we do true comedy, or I would never say that we were comedians. No, I wouldn't either. But for me, this was the first time I felt confident in just putting my notes down and completely riffing. I look forward to a day when I can do that. 
I mean, that's all it was for me. I, I mean, this was when we did Sleepaway Camp with John McPhail. Yes. Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason I kind of put this on here was that I felt comfortable enough with our listeners there. I felt comfortable enough having John as a guest. I felt I knew the film well enough. And I, f- I knew that you doing what you do had the structure the under control. And it was the first time I felt confident and comfortable enough to put my notes down and just be entertaining without being too slavish to the notes yeah and and i want to say as well i think like, i mean because that that was an absolute riot and it was and i mean it was an amazing time for us in general because i mean we did it kind of on the kind of unofficial opening day of fright fest glasgow we did it with the support of fright fest which is obviously kind of a lot of the reason why you and me became friends in the first place yeah how- we did it with the support of arrow again as well yeah, it was amazing. And I mean, uh, and John, obviously, like longtime friend of the show, had been on with us doing Season of the Witch previously. Really gets what we do. We love what he does. Yeah. Um, so he was a perfect guest for it. Picked a great film. The audience were incredible. Michael Park on AV absolutely killed it. And of course, you had a thing or two to say about Mel. <laughs> Mel's becoming a bit more unhinged. I think that's fair. You that's know, fair to say. The... the these there's the bullying has just went right through the like like right through the it's roof. Escalated. It's escalated. It has. And Ricky says, "We'll get him." Oh man. Is it Ricky? Has it been Ricky? Have we now walked into the third act now going Ricky's the killer? Ricky has been the killer. I'll be honest with you. There's a few people on my possibles list at this point, Aye. including but Mel himself. <gasps> I'm gonna really? say it. I'm gonna put it out there. I never suspected Mel. I knew he was just like, I knew, I knew he wanted to cover stuff up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that he keeps coming up. He's got an honest face right now. No, he doesn't. He looks like... Are you fucking kidding me? He looks like a guy who lost a nightclub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somewhere Mel was lamenting his lost, uh, his lost fortune. <laughs> <laughs> Also, hiding in the woods from the mafia guys that no doubt wanted a piece of him. <laughs> Another thing I absolutely loved in this episode was, and I just didn't see it coming because I just assumed, because I know that John listens to the show, but I didn't expect him to have listened closely enough to use my own catchphrase against me. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, this is this is usually the time in the podcast where Mitch says, oh, so we're hurtling towards, like, the third act. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> We didn't feed him that. He listens. I tune in. I tune in. I tune in. I fucking bet. Yeah, it out. So we're hurtling towards the third act. Also, I especially love the discussion around the guy who dies in the toilet with the bees. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, another battle right there incoming. The the bees. The bees. Oh, well, that's what it was. Uh, I was called him Billy Bobag and the Beehive. <laughs> My favourite kids' book. <laughs> uh, yeah, aye, uh, check that out. Guarantee you that's the same dummy from a minute ago. Um, with the head in the amazing eyes with bees. Put bees in the eye holes. Aye. Different wig. I believe it. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the, the my girl moment. <laughs> my girl, my girl, let me out the toilet. <laughs> So for the benefit of those of you who put your hands down, let me ask you if you've seen Sleepaway Camp. Um, uh, yeah, we'll use Kenny here, Stoner Kenny, um, who, uh, no, it's not Kenny, is it? Billy. Billy, Billy thank you. Billy Bob, Billy Bob. Kenny's already dead. Billy Bob, I'm sorry. <laughs> Kenny Cuntrag. <laughs> how, how, how embarrassing for me. 
<laughs> Sorry, dude. Um, yeah, he nips in, he nips at the toilet cubicle to take and uh, what I believe is a direct quote, a wicked dump. Yeah. Um, it's weird that you know that before you do it. I normally rape mine after I do them. Wait, <laughs> right, that one was wicked. That one was just some pellets. <laughs> that, that one was mediocre. Oh, it's gonna be a ghosty. Eh? <laughs> um. Wow. <laughs> but I am a pretty unceremonious death for your boy. I like uh, hornets or this or a bee's nest or whatever. A beehive, should I say? Wasps. Drop the window. Wasps? I mean, yeah. Why the fuck not? Wasps. Um, I think your knowledge of uh, of stinging and insects is quite poor. Well, I'd say I'd, I'd I'd say bees, but it just because of the alliteration. Ah, that's yeah. fine. Yeah, that's that's absolutely fine. Sorry, Mitch. No, Sorry. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, we're all friends here. Um, <laughs> the the uh, the gap under the toilet door is escapable. <laughs> also, his feet are moving in a manner where he's not really that bald. Ah, is it like, like it's, it's a like general movie? The feet that you would do when you were trying to squeeze out a particularly difficult one. Well, like, um, the, the, the gap under the door is conservatively a fit and a half. Like, well, they remember that. Remember, he's quite huffy. So, like, cause, you know, the girls would go skinny dipping with him. So the door won't open. You know, somebody that's huffy that's not going to be like, well, I need to think about this. Hold on, I'll get down and climb under. You know, huffy people are just going to be like, open, open. So he deserves it. <laughs> fair. Absolutely fair. Also, he does deserve it. Like, there's no part of me that doubts that. Um, but weird that the bees would choose to congregate on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a Billy uh, Jam Face Bobag. <laughs> face made of sugar. Uh. Live shows are amazing. Yeah, and 2020 is just around the corner. We, it's already looking like our October will be spent kind of on the road. Yeah, I would say we're looking like we're going to have at least three or maybe four <laughs> going on uh, in October and we're going to try some and other through some more throughout the year as well yeah so, uh, we're gonna like we, we're always looking at where I mean first and foremost I mean we're kind of looking at where we could go where people will actually show up <laughs> um, but also yeah we're always looking at kind of things we could do and different ideas for where we could take it and things and uh, we do have some plans for 2020 um, so please do Stick around, stay with us, we yeah. have some really good ideas. And thanks to everyone who came to see us in Glasgow with John, and thanks to everyone who saw us at Celluloid Screams when we did The Wicker Man in October. Uh, amazing. I'm now wondering if anyone apart from Darren Gaskell has an 100% attendance record on our live shows. I don't know. Well, another thing I did love, I will just touch on this briefly, is the discussion in the Sleepaway Camp episode about Frank's moustache, and then when we handed out moustaches to everyone. Yes! <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, that photo was yeah. that photo was amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean, we will be doing more of these shows in twenty twenty, and I promise you now, every show will be a different film. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, there will be no repeats. Never. So next, Mitch. How many do you have left? Two. Okay, I have one, and and I'm gonna just go out on a limb and say that we might overlap on one. So, if you want to do one now. Okay. Uh, the next one, then I'm going to say is. We brought back Duncan McLeish. For episode 50. Yeah, yeah. Our, uh, yeah it was our year episode because we took the two weeks off at Christmas last yes, year. Yes, that's right. It was episode 50 and the one year anniversary of the podcast. So we had Duncan McLeish of the podcast Under the Stairs and episode four of the show, Rawhead Rex, to come back and talk the whole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is one of those ones that I just... 
feel really happy that your mum might have listened to I can't remember if I warned her off it or not. Um, but what I would say is, obviously, since then, um, because obviously for a long spell, uh, you did all of the editing. Yes, I did. Yeah, it's on... only fairly recently you've taken over. And I've got to say, you're doing a fine job. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, my, 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 basically, my kind of my low bar for a hope for that is that people can't tell if it's you or me that's editing it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most people can't tell even at this stage. Um, but at this point, this was one where when it finished... I was kind of like, ah, I'm leaving the editing shears with Andy on this. I wonder what he's going to leave in. Because the kind of director's cut, as it were, of this might get us in trouble. Uh, to be honest, I've, I've got to say, and all credit to a lot of our guests, there, there is a lot of just about every episode that winds up in the cutting room floor. That's uh, very true. That's very I'm... true. This episode, a particularly, uh, particularly prescient example of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty prudent uh, on removing things that might get any of us cancelled. You did make Duncan pretty uncomfortable here. I sure did. Kira Knightley. Very young Kira Knightley. A very yeah. young Kira Knightley. She was 15 when she was, uh, they were shooting this. Yeah. Was she, all right? Which, yeah. which, 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 <laughs> should, you should not have told me that. I was going to say, yeah. which, yeah. Uh, I was going to say that. I was going to change the tone of the conversation somewhat. Uh, but uh, yeah, certainly 15 years old here. Aye, that, 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 that opens up a lot of questions about what comes later. Well, we can film. touch on that. Yeah. For, let's not touch anything. For let's sure. When we get to that part of the film. But uh, yeah, 15 years old here. Dear. I did not know that. I, know I did not know that. But you're regretting that freeze totally. frame wank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, That's fine. You were younger. You were moving on. Yeah. Was... Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, realistically, I think that I get. And I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave Duncan that far out there on his own. Sure. I kind of feel like ninety percent of what you do on this podcast is designed to get a reaction out of me, and you managed it a couple of times here. Well, this is the episode that broke you. I think that's. <laughs> I think it's fair to say. I mean, Thorbach is never getting tits out in a movie. She does in American View. She, she does, does in Damn It. Fuck. So she does. Yeah. So that's the obvious Sorry, I, I Mr. Skinned that. I answered you instantly just now. You, you, you answered that scarily fast. <laughs> that's why I'm here, lads. Yeah, I'm here. He knows where everybody yeah. gets the tits out. <laughs> but it's not. I think, I think you're right. It's his great strength. I, th- I think you're right. I think there's, there is a, there's a weirdness to that scene now in hindsight, thinking about oh, that. Oh, definitely. Um, I actually um, forgot. I remembered that Keira Knightley gets her gets yeah, boobs out. What right. Yeah, it was one of my... But what I didn't remember is exactly how hyper-sexualised her performance is with, yeah. with those two guys, yeah, where beforehand. she's like on the verge of like a, a kind of threesome with these guys before yep. Thora Birch kind of intervenes in it. Yes. But yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, it's... Oh, yeah. She's, 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 she's erotically dancing for... That Most was quite awkward because oh, yeah. she's. I, I don't think personally. I don't think she's particularly sexy. I don't think and, she. Uh, and I, I, yeah, yeah I, I think there's always been that issue. Like, <laughs> like throwing a caveat about fifteen years. Literally sitting with his head in his hands. Like, if we, we throw like, I, yeah, I see, I see what you're. I do see what you're saying. It, it's a weird. It, it's a kind of deviation. But then fifteen-year-olds aren't sexy. So no, it, this thanks is true. for clearing yes. that up. That, that, yes, <laughs> if this show has taught you anything. Listener. That was the sentence I was looking for. <laughs> Thank you. That's that's your disclaimer at the start of your episode this week. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, but you're still here. Uh, here I am. Yes. Here I am. Remarkable. Thirty odd episodes further down the line. Here we are. We're still doing this. Jesus Christ. So we have. I'm gonna. I'm confident. Confident that we've ended with one episode left to talk about, and I 
I'm just sure that we're talking about the same one. This, I know I didn't put these in order, but this might be my favourite episode of the year. It's certainly one of mine. So I'm just going to say it. It's uh, Adam Marcus joining us to talk cruising a few weeks ago. Yeah. So this was a cool thing for loads of reasons. I am a big fan, obviously, of Jason Goes to Hell, as are you, uh-huh. as is Paddy. We did an episode on it where we, I think we were all very complimentary about it because we all like that film a lot. I like Secret Santa. I was less complimentary about it, but at the same time, um, I think I kind of acknowledged that Jason Goes to Hell is a film that I've kind of mellowed to over the years. Because yeah. at, first, at first I hated it because I was so kind of passionately pro-Jason. Yeah, sure. And I love Secret Santa as well. I mean, I, I think that film's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a kind of fairly big deal and fairly validating for us to have a director from the Friday the 13th franchise come on and talk a film with us. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you have someone like that come on, it can go one of two ways. And I think that we were both kind of... I don't mind saying I was kind of a little bit nervous going in about how Adam was going to be. I think- not not Adam, not necessarily just Adam himself, just because you were talking about somebody who had handled one of these properties and things like that. I think my big issue with the f- with the episode going in was more the film because on the surface of it, there's not a great deal to laugh about. Yeah, it's, Cruising's quite a serious film. It's quite a well liked film, and it's something we've batted off quite a few times. Is this? Uh, uh, this film's not shite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you, we, you've talked about it just as something you've watched and loved. Yeah, and things. I think um, we try to do a good job of if something. I mean, if something's underseen, then that qualifies because the the big thing about this show is it's saying you should watch this, even yeah. if it's shite. You should watch this, even if it's good. You should watch this because not enough not people, enough people have. It. Yeah, and I mean, I think that what I liked about this was. Apart, like, apart from the fact that Adam picked a film that he was obviously very passionate about, had this encyclopedic knowledge of, was still ready to laugh about with us, despite the fact that he obviously loves the film a lot. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'd never seen it before, unsurprisingly, and I thought it was great. And I think that we had a lot of fun talking to him about it, but he was so willing to share stories and tie them in with, obviously, his experience on Friday the 13th, because, as we found out, you're never far away from a Friday the 13th reference. <laughs> yep. Then I something that definitely we can't uh, we can't blow by is um, Al Pacino's dancing in the club scene, which <laughs> this would one hundred percent be a meme if this came out in twenty nineteen. It's so it's this so bad. It's awesome. I think it's actually a precursor because it's like this angry jolting kind of thing. I think it's the precursor mm-hmm. for all of the choreography in Showgirls. <laughs> <laughs> I think the I think the choreographer was Crispin Glover from Friday the Thirteenth Part Four. I was just about to make that joke. I was literally <laughs> just about to say that. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back to Friday the Thirteenth. Well done. Spectacularly close. Yeah, that's so <laughs> not bad at all. <laughs> also, I really loved uh, the discussion about the uh, big naked cowboy. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just it's it's kind of just enough, I think, to just kind of look back in and just kind of remind you well, I mean, of look, the toll that this is taking when they're, on them. When they're having sex and he's thinking of the music from the club in order to get off. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, you know... Also, you're not going to forget the big guy in the cowboy hat that easily. <laughs> I Hey, by the way, I, 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 ask yourself in 10 years from now, you'll still be, re- be thinking about it. It's it's You can't, you can't <laughs> get it out of your brain. I'm haunted this is going to pop up images. in the most inopportune moments. <laughs> Since I was 12 years old, I, I thought of nothing else. <laughs> Some people check hey, under their beds for the it, boogeyman. You know what's incredible? I think I might have just, I think I might have just figured out where Creighton Duke came from. Holy <laughs> shit! 
I would that love it if that I'm, was I'm the actual. I'm actually having a moment, guys. I really am. That's fun. <laughs> huh. I'm, I'm so glad that we're recording this for posterity when this happened, this realization hit you. Get that in the documentary. I'm, th- Talking, I'm right? telling you, I'm thinking about it right now. I'm like, wait a second. Hang on. <laughs> What I always, what I always thought was influenced by Blazing Saddles, I am now realizing is actually influenced by cruising. That's extraordinary. It's huge. And I mean, obviously, we'd already done an episode on Jason Goes to Hell, so I think that it said a lot about Adam's sense of humor that he was willing to come on when he'd known that we'd done an episode with this format about his film. I still don't know if he's listened. Difficult to tell. <laughs> But, if I mean, he has, I hope he took it in the spirit it was intended. Because I think we, like I say, we're all very nice about the film. But it was absolutely riveting. I thought at the end of it, yeah, when he kind of dug in to the politics of that, and I think that that was just like it was really illuminating. Kind of like it was little things, and kind of as you said at the time, kind of things that you'd heard, like kind of fits and starts about. Yeah, but I think just hearing the the challenges that he, as a twenty three year old, had working on arguably the biggest horror franchise in the world at the time. Yeah, fascinating stuff, and it was like, and it was it was a perfect balance of somebody that picked a really interesting film. There's actually like a credible film that I earnestly think people should check out, not just in a kind of like beers and pizza way yeah. that I normally recommend films from the podcast. Like I think you should, I think you should watch Cruising because Cruising is fantastic. And I love it was that every year you get this one film. Like I would say last year it was the ninth Ninth configuration, hundred percent. Yeah, you've yep, got yep. you found like a Cruising, but it's like fuck yep it's 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 amazing and but it was the fact that we could still talk about that film in a way that didn't kind of make fun of it and we could still have a laugh mm-hmm. and stuff and uh but yeah but to kind of to kind of get that insight into the friday the 13th franchise politics and those kinds of things i thought was really really rewarding and really fun yeah yeah absolutely so those are some of our favorite episodes of the year we would be still really interested to know what you guys kind of top picks were yeah and we've had a few people chucking them in maybe we'll include them in the first minisode of the year yeah some really maybe something cool to do yeah that would be cool and some really really cool and kind of surprising selections in there as well which is always really interesting as well yeah yeah stuff that like it's really really rewarding to see how other people respond to certain episodes yeah i think that really is interesting and we've done enough of these now and we've done enough different films of so many different styles with so many different guests of so many different styles that it is really interesting to know what works and doesn't work for people and we have some really cool films and guest combos coming up uh in january and i guess as ever over and above anything else we really just hope you guys will stick around and just see what we have next because we really do have some really cool yeah, stuff and we've got year. a couple of little events little special things lined up and little kind of thank you things coming in the, the early new year yeah there's a very cool kind of community sprung up around this thing and we're gonna try and grow that a little bit this year and reward it yeah hopefully hopefully yeah if you want to get in touch about this you can do it through all the usual channels of course facebook and instagram we're strong language and violent scenes you can tweet us as well at strong violent pc and you can email strong language violent scenes at gmail.com yeah and as you know you can find just about everything you need to know about us about the show about where you can listen where you can buy merch and when we're going to be live in your area on strongviolentpod.com and on a personal note I just want to wish everyone a massively happy and healthy Christmas and an amazing new year when it comes yeah have a great time everybody and thank you so much for all your support this year it's meant the world you're amazing thank you again to all our guests everyone who's listened to the guys at all the festivals who supported us to the guys at all the distributors who've supported us and the PR companies have sent us stuff. Uh, thanks to everybody. Uh, this has been an amazing year. And thank you, Mitch, to you. Because, do you know what? I couldn't do this on my own. I tried it at the end of one episode and it was hell. <laughs> I love you, man. I love you too, mate.
We're legitimately going to leave you alone until 2020 this time. We'll see you next year. Until then, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.